joining us now on the show is uh, former All Black and uh, New South Wales Waratahs coach as well, Daryl Gibson. Uh, G'day, Daryl. How are you doing, mate? It's a story. I, I tell you, I, I I don't remember seeing this before, so I don't know if you've had somebody editing your uh, Wikipedia page, mate, but uh, uh, on your Wikipedia page it says notable relatives, Justin Marshall, cousin. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know whether he's that notable, is he? But um, certainly <laughs> hear him. Uh, quality, mate. Hey, listen, I've got to ask you, uh, last night we saw a great game, well, a, a great game for the Blues anyway, uh, at Forsyth Bar. They, they ran rampant, didn't they? It was almost like watching a highlights package for to- at times in that first half. Uh, what did you make of that Blues machine? And uh, also, what did you make of Roger Tuivasa-Shek? Because, of course, there's a lot being talked about whether or not he stays in rugby. He's got offers to go back to league, apparently, if he doesn't make the World Cup squad. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, first and foremost, I thought the Blues were impressive, weren't they? Particularly mm. uh, from turnover position, um, you know, anything loose that the Highlanders threw up to them, they, they snaffled and made them pay. So um, they, they're going to be a real force in this competition, the Blues, and, and with that settled lineup that they have and the uh, firepower out wide, um, they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. Gibbo, uh, really appreciate you coming on and, and not uh, taking your usual Sunday afternoon two-hour nap. Um, that's, that's very good of you. Uh, obviously, um, agree with you on the Blues. Uh, the quality of the game on Friday night between the Crusaders and the Chiefs, uh, what did you make of that game? And, um, and what did you make of uh, the Crusaders' performance in particular, getting beaten at home is not, not something that they're used to. No, that's right. I think um, you know Crusaders being beaten at home probably by that margin. You'd have to you know go go back a fair way to see that. But yeah, you know, yeah. You know, obviously with the Crusaders' performance, you know, right up until Blackadder's yellow card, um, it was a very even contest. And during that yellow card period, obviously you know, the Chiefs um, took control of the game, took their points, um, and, and put a lot of pressure on the Crusaders. So they're going to be. You know, when I look at the Chiefs and I look at, say, the Chiefs, the Blues and the Crusaders and you look at the quality of the 15s that they put out, they've got really settled lineups. Um, so that bodes well for those three teams in the comp. Um, and in particular, what I like about the Chiefs is um, their, their bench. And I reckon they've probably got a bit deeper in their squad than the other two. So it's going to be interesting how uh, the competition plays on and, and injuries and so forth plays out. But you know, those three teams plus. Um, I think the Hurricanes are going to be that team that's going to be there or thereabouts um, troubling the, the teams at the top as well. From what you saw uh, during the weekend of the Aussie teams, your old outfit, the Waratahs, played the Brumbies after that game. And I tell you, I didn't feel that there was a great uh, drop in intensity or tempo or even physicality. That was a, that was a cracking game as well. The Waratahs at home in the brand new, uh, in the brand new stadium didn't get the job done, but what did you what did you make of the Aussie teams during the weekend? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be more of the same from the Brumbies. You know, they're, they're probably the Australians' most consistent team. Very well coached. You know, they've got um, obviously with, with Steve Larkham and um, he's forgotten his name. But, you know, they're, they're really settled. You know, they know how the Brumbies play. They're very consistent in the way they do things, and I think that all starts up front. And what I saw there, you know, with the scrum and the issues that the, the Tars had, you know, it's always been, been something that it's been an issue. 
you know, through history, making sure you can win your set piece ball and, and be competitive there. But as you say, it wasn't fantastic to see, you know, 26,000 um, New South Wales supporters turn out, and it looks like, you know, they've really turned the corner. And, um, you know, with a number of those prom- promising um, juniors coming through and Jorgensen and so forth, you know, it's very exciting times for them. Yeah, the challenge for them will be to get those supporters back because they can be a bit fickle, as you, as you probably know yourself. Um, <laughs> mo- yeah, moving like on to... to yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, we all do. Uh, moving on to, I guess, probably an area that you've been keeping an eye on, uh, the game at Mount Smart Stadium between um, Moana Pacifica and uh, the Fijian Drua. Uh, different style of game, which you were expecting it to be, I guess, than the... Than the the more physical style from what we saw in the New Zealand derbies. But, uh, yeah, there must have been a bit of a smile on your face the way that the Drew were able to stay in the fight and, and sort of snatch that game, really, because they were behind for most of it. Yeah, that's right. I think, obviously, um, you know, Aaron Major will go away pretty un- well, happy that they lost that game. Probably in control for, for most of it, right up to the, you know, you know five minutes when the Drew scored. But, you know, for me, I, I look at both teams and, you know, they both look like they're going to be better second-year teams. They've come to adjust, you know, to being professional. They're better prepared. They're wiser what's ahead. And you can just see that they're really adjusted to um, the intensity and what's required in, in Super Rugby Pacific. So that, that bodes well. I think they're both going to cause... They're not going to be the easy beats of the competition. There's, no, there's none of that. So they'll be um, both realistically pushing for, for playoff spots right from the start on that performance. And as you say, the the draw um, stole one at the end. Um, and to be fair, you know, you think last year they lost a lot of those close games, and it was good good to see them close that out, um, get the victory. Um, what that'll do for their confidence um, will be, be incredible. And then you think when they get home to Fiji, they're going to be really difficult to, um, to beat on home soil. So really good. There's Still plenty in, in them in terms of um, improvement and areas like that, and I'm sure the coaches will be going through that. But certainly to start the competition with a win um, will give the confidence a, a great deal, a great boost. And there were some really standout performances too. Uh, I thought Josefa Tamani was really good, the number, uh, you know, the blindside flanker, and uh, I think he's a formerly used to be a sevens player, uh, Josefo Masi, the, the young centre. I think he was on debut yeah. yesterday, and he, he was absolute fire. Yeah, that's right. I haven't talked with um, Glenn Jackson and, and Brad. The, the coaches, there's a number of young talent coming through that team. Um, Kitty Salawa at seven. You know, they, these guys will be pushing for national honours with the, the flying Fiji and, and you know, with, with the World Cup looming. It's just extra motivation for those players who are knocking on the fringes. So um, it just goes to show just how important having a super rugby team for the, the, super, the super Pacific teams or the Pacific teams, um, how important that pathway is. Is Jacko doing any coaching? <laughs> I'd say he'd be doing a fair bit of refereeing <laughs> on the sidelines too, Justin. Bloody hell, mate. Honestly, I, all I see is him out uh, swimming, surfing. Like, he's, he's, he's enjoying his time as a coach in Fiji. Put it that way. You're not getting those plums. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's obviously got the balance, the balance just right. <laughs> Oh mate, well yeah, well, to be honest, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a surprise that they haven't managed to nab Razor based off that. They should have just sent him Jacko's uh, Jacko's Instagram feed and be done with it. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure they were uh, selling him um, plenty of surfing spots and hotel resorts to to get him across the line. But uh, obviously, with the announcement that 
Simon Lewis taken over the, the reins from Byrne. Um, I think it's an excellent decision. He's been close to the team. Um, he knows knows all the players. He's had a hand in the collection. So, um, you know, I'm just hoping he keeps me involved. I'm sure he will, mate. Um, you know, what you guys did with Fiji uh, recently has been um, a real catalyst for them becoming an, another side to be reckoned with in, in world rugby. Um, and that doesn't happen uh, without without hard work and behind the scenes. So good luck with that. Um, just finally, I just wanted to ask you, because you obviously have to keep your, your eye over all of the, the changes and the law changes in the game. Man, I'll tell you what, the the speed and tempo of the games because the ball is in play a lot more. Players keep fatigued in those last quarters. Uh, you happy with those laws that they've brought in and, and that they are good for the game? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you're spot on. You know, anecdotally, just watching the, the games over the weekend, they, they felt faster, particularly at line-out time. I think teams have um, really caught on to transitioning quick from when the ball goes out and getting it in. Probably one thing, you know, from the first half in the, the Crusaders game, I just thought there was a lot of injury stoppages. And I wonder whether coaches have got a little bit cynical and, and just needing a break every now and then to slow the tempo. But um, I think they're a good move. I like, you know, the number eight having a bit more free of a rain off the, off the scrum and getting that go forward. So overall, good, good, um, Good law interpretations, good changes. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Razor might want to have a word to Fletcher Newell about that because uh, I, I think you're supposed to share that round when you go down and, and, and uh, <laughs> for an injury break. He went down twice in the first 15 minutes. I think that might have just been his lungs. Yeah, that may be the case. I hope so. You know, obviously, coaches all, always look for little loopholes in the law and ways that um, you can control things. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, all right, Daryl. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate, and having a chat. Always good to catch up with you, and hopefully, we'll see you uh, in France, eh? Absolutely. It's a plan. It's a plan. Plan indeed. Good stuff. Daryl Gibson there with us, uh, former All Black midfielder, of course, former Waratahs coach as well.